there is balm in Gilead to make the wounded Clap your hands, all peoples, shout to God with loud songs of joy. For the Lord the Most High is to be feared, a great king over all the earth. He subdued people under us and nations under our feet. He chose our heritage for us, the pride of Jacob, whom he loves, Salah. God has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet. Sing praises to God, sing praises, sing praises to our king, sing praises. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing praises with a psalm. God reigns over the nations. God sits on his holy throne. The princes of the people gather as the people of the God of Abraham. For the shields of the earth belong to God. He is highly exalted. Psalm 47 in the ESV. Hello and welcome, finally, to another episode of the balm and gilead podcast prime I, I haven't seen you since last year i know it's been it's, it feels like it's been even longer it really does <laughs> all right well i've got to um, go I'm, I'm not gonna say this <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> all right so i am your host brian jimerson uh we have grant at everyone with us and Hey-o. as well we have a special guest today what uh, F and H? Yeah, this from is not the B. This is F and H. You can follow me at not the B. At not the B. Mm-hmm. Again, uh, uh, we we mentioned previously that if you guys aren't on not the B and want to be, uh, call contact us. Uh, email me at there is at bombcast dot com. We'll hook you up with a uh, with a guest pass. So. Yeah, and I, I told Jemerson uh, Brian over there that I've got a few as well that I'm happy to give out. So. Don't feel like he's limited. He's got some more uh, yeah. that I can help out. Y'all with, need so. to come join the party. And yeah. I don't know if, yeah. I, if it's been mentioned, but FNH stands for, it's not a curse word. It's um, faithful, <laughs> not helpful. I actually had some listeners tell me that it sounded like a cuss word or a, um, a, like an abbreviated version of a cuss word. So there, yeah. that, that's okay. There is something in uh, my profession that's called the form and behavior spec. Uh, or the FNBS, but um, we don't need to go there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So here we are. It's been what we let's see. Uh, we were sick. I think Justin missed because he may have been sick one week, and then I was sick the next week or next time, and then 
Justin couldn't make it again, so he's not. This is his third episode in a row not to be on. He's still part of the family. I promise. We, we miss did you. Not, we miss you, we did not fire Justin. He did we move. Still talk. He's living with his in-laws, and that has he uh, went a new direction. Challenging. Yes, and so uh, so he is still with us. He's still editing the show, which is fantastic. And uh, then we had holidays. Thank you, Justin. We had, we had Christmas. So I was. I was sick two days after Thanksgiving. I was sick on Christmas Day, and I was sick on New Year's Day. Pretty sure one was the Rona, though I did not get tested because I got sick 5 p.m. on uh, Friday the 31st. So I'm not going to go to urgent care after hours on a holiday or the next day, which was a Saturday on a holiday. Cha-ching! And the ER thanks you. They didn't want to deal with you either, I'm sure. Yeah, so... They didn't want to deal with me, so I didn't go. So I, I can't say it was the Rona, but it was probably the Rona. But then Grant, on the other hand, you, did you, you did get a positive? Oh or yeah. Just guessing. Um, well? We, uh, well, we actually ended up going to urgent care, um, but uh, and that's where we found out the official news. Um, the doctor then said that we were probably going to die. And we nice. went and found antibody treatment at another location where uh, we were able to get much better care because they actually treat COVID instead of just saying things like, yeah, good luck. Um, don't come back here. Uh, if you if something happens, go to the hospital. And I mean, just hope for the best, I guess. It was terrible. Did you take horse Do we take a what? Horse oh, a horse dewormer? Uh, I mean, like, I don't want to say yes or no to that on the podcast. But, uh, um, I mean, I'm, I'm feeling better now. I will say that. Fantastic. Yeah. I just, I just went to sleep. That's <laughs> all I did. Uh, uh, we are very thankful though, because, uh, we do know a lot of people who have had it very badly. And, um, yeah. especially if you stay in the, um, the hospital system here is just, um, people are going there. Uh, I think actually not the bee or Babylon. Somebody, somebody had a piece on this fairly recently, but um, a lot of the people who are going to the hospitals are um, people who are worried about it. Maybe they don't have it so badly, but um, it's just clogging everything up. And we even have billboards up here uh, where um, uh, we even have billboards up around here that say, do not go to the hospital for a COVID test. Um, you know, go to this website instead to find out a place. It's just, it's just crazy. So, um, thankfully, you found a very wonderful healthcare clinic uh, local to us, and they were able to help us out and get us on the path to recovery as soon as the next day. So, um, yeah, feeling a lot better. Good deal. Yeah, if you're gonna, if you're gonna get COVID, just go ahead and get antibody treatment as soon as possible. If you can, if you can get it. It's just the easiest way to get over it. But we course, literally were like, we will drive to Florida because we know DeSantis has it. There you go. <laughs> so I do want to remind everyone that we are not your doctors, nor are we your pastors. That's well, right. thank but, you. I uh, accept but your, that. But your and butt I, better be I hear in a pew that. on Sunday. <laughs> but your butt better be in a pew on Sunday. That's right. Amen. Oh, miss those guys. That is right. Ah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's so, funny, uh, I haven't even been on their Facebook page for a long time. Anyway, go on. I, uh, last week was interesting for me because I was really? invited uh, I was invited to go to Jonesboro, Arkansas to lead worship at my old church. 
Yeah, and that's so, right. How'd that go? So I, it went really well. Um, the the church is really really struggling. Mm. Um, keep keep in prayers this this church in Northeast Arkansas. I, I will keep their name out of it. I've probably said it before on the show in the past, but for now I'm going to keep their name out of it because uh, they're going through some some pretty serious issues. Uh, but I will be going back there a week from tomorrow as well oh, really? to, to lead worship for them. Again. All right. But it is very likely that in February they will not be a church anymore. Oh. Uh, uh, my hope for them is to restructure mm. and to uh, and to change denominations. Got it. But um, um, I do want to yeah. also just get away from the. Uh, the doom and gloom and to uh, point out that those who are listening, cause I don't think anybody's watching this. Um, Jemerson's, uh, or Brian, his recording, I don't know what kind of filter he has on it, but it's very eighties looking with a little bit of the it's little, Vaseline <laughs> with a little bit it's of got, the, the little shining glimmers around his face. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's there's a but, light but wait, right but behind my head. And it goes right in between his headphones and it's like a little sparkle. <laughs> It's very, yeah, it is. it's very '80s uh, music video looking. I, I, I think it's pretty yeah. cool. So yeah, especially when you. your headphones kind of like go in and out of it. It's very. I worked distracting. really hard. I worked really hard on that. Um, I just put a chair right here, and that's just God. God did that. God did that. It, I'm just it's very say. reminiscent of the Star of David. I'm just sitting yes. behind you. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. That's pretty much exactly so, what all the children's cartoons. That is the shape of the star that hangs over Jesus. It's a fun fact. That yes. is the same. Anyway. It's true. Yeah. So uh, it's probably just cool. So it's been, it's been a, yeah, it is. Probably. <laughs> hey, we, we, can, we can. That's up for debate. That's right. Um, so it's, it's, been a, it's been a weird, weird like month and a half. Uh, I haven't been able to talk bi-weekly with my best friends and uh yeah. or you know with F and H I've only spoken to you once so this is uh this is fun. Uh, I'm and uh for you guys listening at home I literally uh texted him or even reached out to him on not the B like 4 hours was it even 4 hours ago? I don't think that it was. I, I think it was like 3 you. hours ago. It might have been three hours ago. I was like, "Hey, what are you doing tonight? Yeah, you want to be? On, are you, re- you guys recording? You want to be on my show?" So, uh, yeah. So that so that all worked out. So thank you to uh, to FNH's wife for saying yes. Yeah, that was that was yeah. all. I, I basically just told us well, let me uh, let me talk to my wife first before I say anything. Yeah, excellent man, right there. Yes, wise, absolutely, very wise. Mm-hmm. Um. Took me, so, took, took me a couple uh, years to figure that out, but we've got it. We've got. I've got it down packed now. So fantastic. So uh, let's get into one of our favorite segments, which is what are you listening to? So I'm going to ask you, Grant. Uh, what have you been listening to since we spoke last for 14? Oh years man. Ago? So uh, yeah, I changed jobs since we've really last talked too much, and uh, my new job. I don't have as much time to listen to music so i have listened to a lot less music in the past month than um uh than typical like uh which is kind of strange but uh i pulled the top five more or less and uh solos is number one for me uh still listen to a lot of them uh crown and covenant uh the blenders uh have you guys heard of the blenders no no they're a um, acapella group out of North Dakota. 
Um, they're pretty niche, or maybe it's Minnesota. I can't remember. But either way, um, they're pretty pretty talented. They do a lot of Christmas albums, and so that's why they're on here, because uh, a month ago it was not yet Christmas. Um, the Corner Room, uh, you all know them. And then also Dwell. Uh, Dwell does... Well, they have a Bible program where you can actually listen to the Bible, but then on... Uh, Spotify, they've released all the background tracks that they have, which are written by, um, oh my goodness, it was on the tip of my tongue right there, but Chad Lawson, uh, written by him and arranged by him. And so uh, those are, you know, I love listening to them when I'm reading a book or something like that, because it's just really great focus type music. So I've been listening to them a little bit too. I'll have to check that out. All right. Um, <clears throat> so, Corner Room actually, yeah, I think I think they had already come out with this by our, our last episode, but they uh, released a new album fairly recently. They did. Uh, the Psalms Volume Three, and so it's it's pretty good. Uh, I haven't listened so to it F&H, too much, you, but yeah. yeah. FNH, do you have any any music that you've been listening to in the last uh, month or so? Um. So. Uh, the most recent thing that I've been listening to probably has been Sarah Sparks, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because you've just been sending me emails, uh, Sarah Sparks albums. <laughs> so yes, uh, I've been listening. Oh, you to get that. those too? <laughs> yeah, I get. I, I get them now. Apparently, he he's got a hold of my email, and now he uh, now he sends me a bunch of stuff. Yes. So, Brian, uh, uh, Sarah Sparks uh, marketing team, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> reach out to Brian. He can help. There you go. He, yeah. he, he wants you on the podcast. Um, Into the Lantern Waste, I thoroughly enjoyed. Um, the Puddle Glum song was... Pu- mm-hmm. Puddle Glum's anthem, I really... I enjoyed that thoroughly. But usually when I'm at work, I don't really get to listen to as much music. I typically listen to more podcasts. So um, since this is a very Presbyterian-friendly uh, room, I do want to recommend that people check out Ultimately with R.C. Sproul. Uh, it's a good... Usually... Uh, two to three minute clips uh, that they give out like every two days of just little bits of teaching that he does. He was a good writer, but I think he was an even better teacher. And so I like to listen to his sermons and watch his stuff. So nice. I miss that guy. Go check it out. Yeah. So I I absolutely should have gone before you because, uh, yeah, uh, Sarah Sparks into the Lantern Waste is what I was going to talk about. I figured you were. That's <laughs> we're why, talking that, about that, it. That's that's why I went ahead and just jumped in there. So yeah, absolutely. That's that's the uh, so so you have the advantage of seeing what I was going to say because uh, I wrote it out oh, and you're reading it. Oh, but I didn't. I actually didn't read it. I was just saying that <laughs> you didn't notice it. So that's okay, what, that's there we hilarious. go. Yep, there it is. No, um, yeah. So Sarah Sparks is someone that I found. Um, so as as you listeners may know, I have a uh, a playlist of psalms that are psalm paraphrases. I've been working on ever since we kind of started this this podcast. And uh, there's a couple albums by a church called Emmanuel Music that uh, are both of these albums are fantastic. Uh, so one of the albums is on Psalms one through five, and one is on the penitential psalms. And they're both they're both fantastic albums. Uh, and one of the singers that are, is featured in these albums 
is Sarah Sparks. And so I started the, uh, the rabbit hole on Spotify where you start saying, hey, who did this song? Hey, this person did this song. And then you go to that person's artist page and then you listen to everything there and then you find what they're listening to and then you start moving around. And it's, it's, it's a fun time. It takes a lot of time to do. And so I highly recommend it. But uh, Sarah Sparks, she has a few albums. Um, my favorite by far is Into the Lantern Waste, uh, which is uh, Chronicles of Narnia. So she... Uh, oh! I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. He, he's... Yes. We, we had a, a pre-show conversation. I said, if, if you can look at the title tracks and know what this is about, then, then you know what it's about. But if you... Look at the title tracks and I have no idea what this song, what this album is about, then shame on you. So, anyway, Into, Into the Lantern Waste is a fantastic album. All that to say, um, my favorite uh, my favorite song, I think, is The Use of Scrub. Um, but I'd say a close, close second is the uh, Shasta's Complaint. Um, and it's very, very similar to a song we're actually going to talk about today um, called uh, Were You There by Ghost Ship. So, uh, very Job heavy, um, and, uh, it's really, really cool. Um, fun, fun song. Uh, I would say we're, I'm going to say this. I want to do an entire album or entire album, entire episode on this album where we go through song by song and just dive into it. Cause this album is so cool. Uh, but the, I want to explain the concept of this album. It, she, takes all seven books of the Chronicles of Narnia and does at least one song on them. But the first song, she kind of explains her thesis to the album. And it is that in the books of the Chronicles of Narnia, she sees truth. And so it's not necessarily that the books are inerrant, but that they are, uh, they allude to inerrancy, inerrant truth from the scripture. And then she continues to take scenes from the books and then applies them to her life in light of the truth of the scripture. Uh, but then they still maintain this whimsical uh, feel to them. They're just beautiful songs, very fun, uh, very pared down for the most part. A couple of them are more, uh, have, have more going on in them. But uh, if you have not listened to this album, Into the Lantern Waste by Sarah Sparks, is, uh, it will be my most played album of 2022. I'm calling it now because I don't plan on stop listening to this album. It's very good. Um, very good. Uh, and so continuing down the, this rabbit hole that I was talking about, she had a, she had a Christmas playlist on her artist page. And on that playlist, there was a band called the Oh Hellos uh, that I found. And then I continued to listen to, and they have a concept album on the screw tape letters. I mean, come on. Like, if I'm going to be listening to a C.S. Lewis concept album, I might as well listen to another concept album of C.S. Lewis, right? So, so the Oh Hellos would be my, my... Of concepts. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah, the Oh Hellos. It's another band. Uh, they had another album called The Four Winds. It's, it's actually four different albums. Similar to, I'd say, like, the, like John Foreman's solo projects where he does four albums, but it's all, like, one album. Um... The Four Winds, they have uh, one album for each of the four Greek deities of the wind, um, but I don't know. It's it's really interesting. It's very 
Are there indie. four Greek deities? Uh, in the band? It's a brother and sister that have this band together. I, I haven't done too much research into them. Yeah, one for the north, south, east, and west. Is that their names? And each album is named after one of them. No, I, but I don't have it pulled up, but they're Greek sounding. Oh, okay. As opposed to what others kind of... <laughs> I don't know, it sounds yeah. more Roman to me. That's right. <laughs> it could have been. Uh, are you talking could, about been Roman. Zephyrus, Boreas, Eurus, and Notos? That would be it. That would be so it. So is Boreas... And I didn't. Is the Borealis named after Probably. Boreas? I, I would guess so, would yeah. So. I mean, it's a sleeping bear on the cover there, so... You think that's probably north? Yeah, I would assume so. It's probably north. Yeah, that's what I, that'd be. That'd be my guess. But anyway, sounds uh, kind of these pagan albums to me. are. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's totally pagan. Um, what are you listening to, Brian? I'm worried. Yeah, let's get back to our god. I'm just gonna cut okay, everything off. You should never invite me here. That was your fault. <laughs> anyway, so I'm so glad I, you're I here will say finish. that I will say that the song "Oh Sleeper." Um, is on the Euros album uh, mentions Jesus at the temple. So, oh, okay, throwing o- all right, th- all throwing right. over tables. Mm. So they at least they at least have some respect. I don't I don't know exactly who they are or what they believe, but they but based on the content of their songs, they at least have some respect for Christianity. If they aren't um, if they aren't practicing Christians, but good um, grief. Yeah, I mean, and they also like C.S. Lewis. So I mean, come yeah. On. yeah, the Dear Wormwood album. I, I mean, a lot of these songs have over ten million plays. Uh, Soldier Poet King is seventy four million five hundred eighty three thousand four hundred seventeen. I have to check that out. Amazing! It must be a lot better known than <laughs> Screw than Tape is incredibly I, insightful. Yeah, and and apparently nobody in particular. Um, was already listening to them when I mentioned it on not to be. That doesn't, so. that doesn't surprise me. She's she's a very musical person. She knows a, yep. a lot about that stuff, so it uh, doesn't surprise me in the slightest. You know, nobody also makes music for, of her own. So, oh, nice. Yeah, just maybe have her That's on at some cool. point. That'd be cool. I should. So, for those that are confused at home, uh, nobody is. It's kind of like everybody. Is someone's name or not the B? It's not somebody. Everybody would be, but it's it's, it's not, not somebody. I, there yeah. is somebody, and there is anybody, but she is nobody. Yes. And uh, I, being everyone, actually did take my name from the somebody, yeah, uh, nobody uh, kind of motif that I saw going on. So. Yes. So anytime when she I inspired fir- me when I first met her online, it. I just kept getting these uh, notifications that said nobody liked your post. And I thought mm-hmm. the Babylon Bee mm-hmm. was making a joke at me. That like they had this, some kind of program where like that every, five minutes, every five minutes, if there wasn't a like, it just tag you and say, nobody likes this. Nobody, nobody likes it. <laughs> yeah. But it turns that's, out that's it was fun. her. And so I messaged her and I said, I saw what you did there. So, that's hilarious. Nice. Uh, you may know that the... Uh, Rise and Fall of Mars Hill podcast finally like finished or whatever, and so that's cool. And all, I heard it was still, just whatever. We still have, yeah, or whatever. So we still have one more episode of Mars Hill for us. We're uh, still we were riding planning the wave. on still riding the wave. We were planning on having like six to eight episodes of Mars Hill, and then we like didn't have an episode for 
14 years. And so we decided we'd need to probably finish this and move on to something something else before we become irrelevant. So a fun fact, I did not know anything about Mars Hill until I listened to you guys. Nice. So I didn't know what was uh, going on, the controversy or any of that, to be honest. I had to go Google it. And I was aware of Mark Driscoll while he was still a fan. I had heard the name Mark Driscoll, but I never I never bothered to listen to him. So I wasn't familiar with him. And then I was aware that the church imploded and uh in, in like kind of real time. Like I was aware that that happened. Uh there was an interview with the lead singer of Citizens on um on uh, Sheologians that happened right around the time that everything was kind of settling, I guess. Um, and that kind of piqued my interest in the fact that there was music coming out of Mars Hill. But before then, I had no idea. I had no idea that any of these songs were a thing. Um, the first time I ever heard any of these songs done in church, um, I was visiting a church in St. Louis where I actually then would attend for two years later after I moved there. But um, they played three songs from Mars Hill like at, in one service, and it was um, My One Comfort by Modern Post, It Is Finished by Modern Post, and Hail the King by Citizens. And we're going to go over two of those songs today. So. I've, I actually have heard the one by Modern Post, but that was because, again... And it makes me feel inadequate being here, but like the only reason that I've ever listened to Modern Post is because I was actually listening to you guys and y'all talk, <laughs> and y'all talked about it. And I'm like, you sound like pretty great songs. I need to listen to them. So then one yeah. So one day at work, I was just I was just listening to them, and then everybody was just looking at me like, dude, what, what's what's going on? And I'm just like, I'm just I'm just listening to the Modern Post, man. Just give me a minute. Yeah. People just think I'm um, weird. It's okay. It's no big deal. Oh, it's fine. <laughs> um, my my introduction to to Marshall music actually, like, uh, I, I'd heard that that podcast, and I didn't I didn't continue to then go and research the band or anything. Um, I just was like, oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that there was like music coming out of there, and then that was it for the day. And then um, I I write music. I don't have a whole lot, uh, and I haven't written in a while, but I was. Uh, Back when I was music minister at a church plant in Northeast Arkansas, I uh, was playing some of my songs for just one of my friends there. Uh, his name was Tony. And uh, he was like, who wrote that song? Was that a Dustin Kendrew song? And I was like, uh, I wrote the song, and I have no idea who Dustin Kendrew is. And he was like, ah, oh, Dustin Kendrew, he's like the lead singer to the Modern Post. And so then I started researching that. Uh, and that was my like real like kind of kick in the pants to get involved in into that and uh, bought their acoustic version of their their album and just really really started enjoying their music. Then of course you know doing the rabbit hole of uh, you know figuring out who Dustin Kendry was, figured out that he fell away from the faith and and uh, that was really sad. But um, yep. So that that was kind of my introduction in into all of that. Um, but it was very shortly after I bought that album and was listening to it and, and, uh, that I went to this church and I was like, I was listening to the songs they're playing them. And I'm like, I know these songs. Like, I can't remember ever singing these songs in church, but I know these songs. And then I was looking at, looking them up after the service and I was like, 
these are songs of the album I just bought like last week and I've listened to a few times. Um, so that was, uh, it was interesting because driving back to Arkansas from Missouri, listening to these songs on this album that I had recently purchased, um, had no idea that I would be, uh, you know, playing in the band at that church months later. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of interesting. So I've, I've, I've played through those songs so many times in that band. Um, uh, and, uh, so it's, it's really interesting, but, um, yeah, I don't know where I was going with that other than just kind of, it sounded pretty interesting. It sounded of, pretty interesting. <laughs> riding that wave of like of nostalgia. But, um, yeah, that was, that was my interest, my, my, my introduction into all this music. So, so, I guess that said, uh, we're going to wrap up the Mars Hill uh, episodes tonight with these uh, last six songs. All right. Um, and then uh, we've got cool stuff coming, but hopefully we'll be able to fall into a, a biweekly pattern uh, after after this week. That's, that's our hope. Fingers crossed. Uh, and F&H, you're welcome. Anytime your wife says yes. <laughs> so, I appreciate that. Thank you. It's my pleasure. Um, you don't so, work there anymore. T- yeah, it's true. I was uh, about to say. I, I was about to say. Okay, Chick Fil A. Number yeah, one. Okay, Chick Fil A. Actually, uh, so uh, I guess that's a good time as any. Uh, I passed my uh, my certification exam, so Did I'm you certified hear back from to teach. The essay portion. Uh, not yet, but I'm. But it's a f- so it's it's semi official. That's awesome. Semi official. I still have like some minor hoops to jump through. Like I'm supposed to go get fingerprinted again and use some other random things and paperwork and hoops. But but I I've, I am finished with the hard part of certification. So uh, Sweet. I've applied for a position at the school where I've been subbing. But um, there was a uh, yesterday I was handing out a quiz to a class and a one of the girls said, thank you. As I handed it to her and I said, my pleasure. And she says, you're killing me with the, my pleasure. Um, cause I had subbed for her before and she knew that I worked at Chick-fil-A, but it's, it's funny. I I'm, I'm known at that campus as the Chick-fil-A guy. Um, I've had people say, Hey, Chick-fil-A guy in the hallway before. So it's been, it's fun. That can be but, your Mr. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Closed on Sunday. Moniker. You're my Chick-fil-A. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Kanye. Classic. Thank you, Kanye, for that gym. Um, <laughs> it really is a gym. It really, really is. Uh, so um, today, we are planning on covering six songs written by the other Brian E. Uh, not me. I wish I wrote. In, I, I wish I had written these songs. Wrote but I did not. I wrote. <laughs> you wrote. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. It's fine. This is what um, I do to Israel all the time. Every time he makes a mistake, I like amplify it to the extreme. It's fine. It's fine. Um, so Brian, Brian Eckelberger, um, I, I, I'm assuming, I, I don't know this guy. I, I've not interviewed him. I've asked, I've emailed him and said, hey, you want to be on the show? And he never responded. So I'm assuming not. But um, I, I'm assuming that he is... Uh, just one of the chief like songwriters at, at Mars Hill. Like that was what he did was he kind of hung out with all of the music ministers and wrote songs with them all because he's on all of the bands. Like he's on 
he wrote some songs for Modern Post. He wrote some songs for um, for Ghost Ship. He wrote some songs for King's Kaleidoscope. Uh, that's all that I did research on. But I'm assuming he's a member of Citizens because he has a songwriting credit on all of their songs. Um, so if I am wrong and you are listening to this show, Brian Uckelberger, please let us know that I am wrong at there is at bombcast.com. But um, he is the uh, singer songwriter for the sing team. Uh, most of their songs, most of their, their albums that they have produced are hymns that they did as their band in their style, which are really, really, really fun. Their style. It's very campy. Um, it's just a bunch of people singing the melody together. Um, they sound like they're like kind of at a campfire just with a guitar out singing a song. And, uh, they've got kind of this, uh, almost like, um, show tunes music style going on. Uh, really, really fun. Uh, they have an, an EP called Oh Great Is Our God that has five songs on it. And that is the only, uh, release that they have that has any original music on it uh the songs are oh great is our god uh, as long as i live psalm 63 uh because jesus christ is alive satisfied in you psalm 42 we did an episode on that as the deer so you should go look that one up uh it's a fun episode it's a, it's a good one it's um, a good one um they, they wrote a much better psalm paraphrase than Chris Tomlin. Um, and then What a Friend We Have in Jesus, which they did not write, but that was a Robert Lowry song. You probably have heard of that one. It's a, it's, it's a classic. But those are the only five songs on this album. Four of them are original. Uh, one is an old hymn. Uh, and that's that's it. They, just, they have four songs that they wrote that are uh, original music. And so since we've already done the entire episode... On Satisfied in You, which was, if you remember, my number one song in 2021 that I listened to. Um, fantastic song. We will just be reviewing the first three on that. Um, on top of that, though, since we want this episode to you know, maintain a certain level of awesomeness, we will also uh, review Hail the King by Citizens, which was uh, co-written by Brian Eckelberger. Uh, Where Were You by Ghost Ship, also co-written by Brian Eckelberger, and It Is Finished by The Modern Post, co-written by Brian Eckelberger. So let's uh, let's jump in. It's a fantastic right. last name. Absolutely. So the first song that we're going to review tonight is uh, Oh, Great Is Our God. Um, so this is on the EP, Oh, Great Is Our God, by The Sing Team. Uh, I'm just going to read through the lyrics and then we will, uh, we'll talk about, uh, how they, uh, how they align with scripture, uh, and really if the truth claims that they are supporting are from scripture or not. And so, uh, so let me get started. All right. Oh, great is our God. So we should worship greatly. No song is too loud, no orchestra too stately. To hail the majesty of our king, so lift your voices loud as we sing. Oh, great is our God, so let our songs be endless. So awesome his ways, how could we comprehend them? 
so we can make it known to our kids and we will sing about his gracious gifts you give. We will sing your praise and pour forth your fame. We will bless your name. Let everyone give thanks because our God is great. Oh, great is our God and we cannot contain it. We sing, uh, we sing from our souls affected by his greatness. His mercy covers all that he's made, showing his glory and his grace. And it goes back to the chorus. We sing your praise and pour forth your fame. We bless your name. Let everyone give thanks because our God is great. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely got a, a I will sing of your love forever kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does. Like, um... Uh, the campfire motif that you mentioned earlier, I think, is pretty evident mm-hmm. in this one, too. Um, and it, it fits the same bill. Like, I could see them back-to-back at a youth retreat or something, yeah. for sure. And I was kidding about that. Like, I mean, it, it's it's a lot more in-depth than I can sing of your love forever. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I thought you just meant the uh, campfire vibe. <laughs> no, it was just, yeah. it's all about singing praises, but, you know. One is obviously better than the other one. That's kind of what I was half joking about. But I, uh, I, actually, I grew up I actually, on Sonic Flood, man. I actually really liked the line, and I don't know why, but it just stuck out to me that no orchestra too stately to hail the majesty of our king. Mm-hmm. That to me just, I don't know. I don't know why that stuck out, but. Uh, no, I, I, I really like the line as well. Um, so I, I'm going to go ahead and say right away that this does not mention Jesus. It does not mention sin. And that's not what it's about. This is not about um, making a, a gospel presentation. It's not about, you know, uh, writing a theology on, you know, why we praise. This is, this is a song that's just saying, let's praise. Right. Um, which has its call, pros call, and its cons. A call to worship, as it were. Yeah, a call to worship, as you were. Um, this is a song. It's not written to God, that which is important as well. This is written to man about God. Yeah. Um, and so because of that, it would technically fall into like a type 2 music, yeah. uh, which would be, um, you know, a, it's, a, it's a Christian song. It's yeah. not necessarily a worship song. It's a Christian song. It's a, it's a nice um, Christian song. It's good. It is. And it's a really good Christian song. It's very encouraging. Uh, I, I might even say positive and encouraging. Uh, safe for the little ears in the yes, back seat. Safe for the little, safe for the little ears in the back seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really, really, really fun. Uh, the The way that they structure their music, um, it, it, there's probably like eight or nine people that are all just singing the same melody. There's no harmony going on. It's just just a campfire it's it's a nice little campfire song um is there anything that they say in this that you would say is um not supported by scripture or is is opposed to something that you would find in scripture i'm now looking very deeply because i'm hoping that you're not trying to trip me up i mean i guess you could say that uh, we will sing your praise and pour forth your fame. We will bless your name. Um, 
I mean, it would probably be more correct to say we will praise your name because we've been uh, given faith or because, uh, because God has um, made us able to um, sing or something like that. But, um, I mean, that's a, maybe a smaller point. I don't know. Yeah, when I think of the the pour forth your fame, I, I think that of that as like the that's magnification. So it's this idea of um, of preaching, you know, the the fame of God. That's that's a biblical concept, uh, not necessarily by word, but it's it's one that's more common in today. That's um, this idea of trying to lift His name higher, trying to spread. The, the word of, of his name uh, when, when I think of in the Psalms where it's, where it talks really about the name of Jesus mm-hmm. uh, or, or not of Jesus, but the name of God, you know, uh, let your name be praised and things like that. Blessed be your name. Um, a lot of the is interpreted today as like the fame, like the, let, let you, let yeah. your greatness be known among the nations. Um, so pour forth your fame. I would, I would think that that's the connotation there. Let, let the nations know who you are and how great you are. To, to clarify what I meant was, um, mostly honing in on is the, we will sing your praise. Okay. Um, which it's, it's a little man centered. I mean, we talked about it being a song about, uh, you know, from person to person about God. Um, which, you know, lands it in type two category, but, uh, you, you know, that's the only thing like, um, it might be better to say something around along the lines of, um, we will sing because of, um, y- y- you know, you've given us, uh, faith or you've, you've yeah. made us to pray. Y- you make us to praise you or, uh, that, Probably wouldn't go with that, but you know, is some something where God is the primary actor um, is yeah. what I, I think I'm trying to drive at, which seems like it'd be a little bit more um, typical of uh, the Psalms. Yeah, and I can see that, especially since the title is "Oh Great Is Our God." You'd think it would be more God-centered, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. more about what He has done. Um, and this is, I would say that this is this is a song that is more about how we worship than who we worship or even why we worship. So most songs, uh, most songs I'd say would be kind of about why we worship, or I guess most of the Psalms are about why we worship. Um, you know, you are great. And this is an example of your greatness. This you are, you are great because you have done this. I am worshiping you because of this, that, and the other, or, um, you know, some other times, in I guess kind of modern worship songs, modern worship songs that aren't as good are more about like the quality of my worship or how I am worshiping. And this is kind of almost fitting into that sort of category. Um, yeah. And that's fine. I, I mean, like even just looking at Psalm 47, like we read tonight, clap your hands, all peoples shout mm-hmm. to God with loud songs of joy. Um, it's it's a different stance, um, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, it's like um, um, yeah. Go ahead. But 
But at the same time, I'd say this isn't necessarily a song that is actively seeking to worship God. Sure. Uh, sure. This is this is an encouragement to other people, and I would say that is that makes the difference than from songs that are like trying to worship God by telling God how great our worship is of God, like "Raise a Hallelujah," which is just a terrible song, uh, which is telling God how great my worship is of Him. I mean, God doesn't God doesn't want to know what I think of my worship of Him. Um, and so this is a song that is telling well, this, other people. Uh, go ahead. It reminds me uh, a bit of Psalm 98, where um, you see it says, mm-hmm. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his only arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. And make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Break forth into joyous song and sing praises. Sing praises to the Lord with the lyre. With the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, make a joyful noise before the King, the Lord. Let the sea roar and all that fills it, the world and those who dwell in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the hills sing for joy together before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the people with equity. I mean, it's not quite as rich as the psalm obviously is, but um, mm-hmm. it does focus more on God. And on while mm-hmm. there is a lot more rich theology in Psalm 98, um, there is a lot of similarities between them in terms of that they both are talking about worshiping God um, yeah you know and calling calling for everyone to worship God absolutely so and, and, it, and it would, just made me think of the parallels between those two absolutely that's it's a really good insight um, I, I'd say there are two things I'd, I'd like to to point out um, that I would uh, one is I, I would consider it to be almost more negative though it's probably more neutral than negative. Um, they are uh, explaining part of their personal philosophy that is not necessarily grounded in scripture when it says no song is too loud, no orchestra too stately. Um, I don't disagree with them, but they are making a statement saying that loud music is is fine and multiple instruments is is, is fine. Um, I didn't even think about and, it that way. <laughs> That's an yeah. interesting point. Um, and I don't, I don't disagree with that, especially Take considering that Psalm one fifty. Yes, go, you can go absolutely. to your six o'clock morning worship set, worship times. Right. <laughs> um, and so Psalm one fifty is a is a go to of mine. You know, praise him with the symbols, with the loud clashing symbols. Uh, I, I really feel like that's like one of those mic drop moments when you're reading that that psalm um but on the website where i pulled all the song lyrics there's an article uh that was written by mars hill back in the day where they talked about why they play loud music and i don't necessarily believe that loud music is the answer that playing music really loud so that no one can hear anything other than the music coming out of the speakers i don't necessarily think that that's the best plan because i think that that 
tends to make people not want to sing along. And the purpose of the music minister is to get people to sing along. Right. Um, and so I would take very minor issue with that particular line. I like the note orchestra too stately because I, I, I do think that multiple instruments is good, but the no song is too loud line. Um, I take very, very minor issue right. with that particular line simply because I know that they're, that that was in there specifically because their church had a view on the volume of the music and they're, they're backing that up. And I don't think that there's a scriptural founding for that. Um, and so that was, that's one thing I, I, I want to point out. Uh, the other thing I want to point out, which I really do really like is the, so we will make it known to our kids. Yeah. I like that too. Uh, they're saying, why, why are we doing what we do? Part of the reason is to show our kids, to give them a solid answer for what we're doing. Not necessarily to say we do this because it's tradition, but we have a reason why we do this and we want to make it known to our kids why we do what we are doing. Something, something else that's really interesting about that is Sing Team did an album. They released an album where they had all their kids singing some of their songs. So it's uh, We Sing Kids is the name of the, the album. This is one of the songs that they did, and they changed the line to so we can make it known to our friends. Um, I thought that was really cute. So cool. Yeah. <laughs> so so that's just, that's just free, um, free knowledge right there. But uh, I, I really like the line, so we can make it known to our kids. We can sing about his gracious gifts you give. Um, I really like the song. I think it's fun. I, I, I take, as I said, minor issue to that one line because I know that they're building it more on whether church believed rather than necessarily a solid scripture, scriptural argument. Um, but I'd say this song really like they're what we talked about in our Psalms episodes. Uh, this song is really trying to hit that. It's really trying to hit um, some of those highlights of praise and um, magnification and exaltation. It's really trying to hit those, those high notes. You can, you, you don't necessarily see specific scripture references, but you know that they're, that they're pulling from those generalities. Yeah. I think it's a good one. What do we have next? All right. Next, we have a song called As Long As I Live, and it's a paraphrase of Psalm 63. So this one says, Oh God, you are my God. I am seeking you like sunny days in winter months. My soul is thirsty for you. My body longs for you in a dry and weary land where there's no water. In the pre-chorus it says, I have seen you in the sanctuary. I have seen your power and glory. Because your love is so much better than my life, my lips will glorify you. The chorus is, I will praise you as long as I live. And it repeats that line four times. Uh, second verse says, all day I think of you. In my bed at night, I cannot help but think of you. Because you are my help, my soul clings to you. And you're the only one that holds me up. And it goes back to the pre-chorus and chorus. Uh, so this is, yeah, I mean, uh, they take a lot. Of, uh, verse 1 of Psalm 63, uh, the chorus is right out of verses four and f- uh, 3 and 4. Um, and then they also cover 
uh, verse 6 and uh, 7. So they, yeah, they, they don't do the whole psalm, but they do mm-hmm. hit a lot of it and get a lot of the idea that um, throughout the entire day, um, the focus is on God. Um, you know, early in the morning to, uh, you know, on your bed at night. Um, so, um, yeah, I will praise you as long as I live. Um, and then, uh, it also, um, interestingly enough, I'm kind of curious why verse five was sort of cut out of that, which, uh, here says, my soul shall be satisfied with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise thee with joyful lips. They have the, my lips will glorify you, but I think that's from verse 3. Because thy loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise thee. So It's probably because they already they already used that verse in uh, Satisfied in You. That's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe. Although the marrow but part, they didn't that's really Psalm 42. keep. No, neither. I don't know why we don't have. Yeah, why didn't marrow. they say anything about marrow and fatness? Yeah, that's that's it's really probably hard to rhyme. So a real songwriter would make it work. Would have made it work. Yes. Um, I was I was looking at this and when I was putting in the the lyrics into this, and I was thinking, I'm pretty sure that Psalm 63 is the other psalm that Chris Tomlin was pulling from in his Waterfalls. Uh, waterfall, song, which, waterfall, which was a really, really bad paraphrase of Psalm 42, which we talked about in the previous episode. But um, the satisfied new, I, I believe that particular line came from this psalm because um, it's not f- from Psalm 42. That particular line, I'm satisfied in you. Um, so I found it interesting that both of those songs, satisfied in you and waterfall, both pulled from 42 and 63. Uh, I wonder if one was one of the reasons why to I compared the, them. To the other. It would have been that would have been really interesting. Um, I highly doubt it, but that would have been really interesting if that was the case. If if Brian Eckelberg ever con- like, returns my email and wants to come on the show, I will ask him that exact question. Brian, so if you're listening, uh, if you're listening, yeah, <laughs> please. Um, but yeah, I I, I like the song. I, I like. Uh, how he is able to take the 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 biblical text and then just say it so plainly in his own words uh, without really missing much of of the the biblical text because this is it's it's more casual in in places um, and with their style that that idea of that the the casual uh, wording really really works for that that campy sound yeah i like how simple it is it's not too complicated um but it's enough to you know as like a normal prayer would be um mm-hmm. i don't know how y'all prayed but you know after reading when jesus tells you, you know don't pray like a pharisee you know i try to i try to be while also very communicative to God, also trying to keep it simple and not trying to sound too flashy because that's just stupid. Yeah. But, um, you know, there, it, it kind of reminded me of that. And I think that's, it looks like to me that's what they're trying to go for is a simple prayer, um, you know, uh, and of yeah. thanksgiving and of praise, uh, especially where he says, I cannot help but think of you. 
um, it, there's this it's, it's kind of a funny line because um, in a way especially with us reformed people you know there is a sense of uh, helplessness in the fact because I mean there are days where you want to forget that you want to uh, go away and that's exactly when you pray that God you know brings you back like a like a, a dog coming after you you know you, you, you yeah it, it he has a funny way of making sure you don't forget about him when you are trying to forget about him you know yeah so I don't know that 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 may be not where he was going with that but that line kind of stuck out with me the loving hound of heaven. Is yes, that the loving hound of heaven. Uh -huh. yeah. And don't run away from the hound. Yeah. Verse 2 reminds me a little bit of I Love the Way You Hold Me by Jamie Grace, where she's talking about how she's at work, but oh, she can't concentrate word. on her work yeah. because she's just thinking about God. I know the song you're talking about. I grew up in a Baptist school, and I was a, and a girl in the choir wanted to sing that song, and I was like, no, no. I don't know how many no. times we sang I don't want to go through the motions like we were going through the motions. Yeah. <laughs> it was they didn't see the irony in it, but <laughs> is 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 that a Matthew West? I think pretty sure that's Matthew West. He's so. really good at he's really good at, at like like failing to accomplish his goal in the in his songs. Like do something where he's like, I'm just tired of everyone just, you know, saying you just do something, and what they should really do is just do something. It's like you're part of the problem, right? Anyway, anyway, y'all should do something. Y'all, yeah, stop telling me to do something. You should do something. Um, I don't want to like, go through the motions, and then yeah. keep singing, going through the motions. <laughs> yeah, people start singing it in church yeah. while going through the motions. The irony. It's not lost yeah. on me. <laughs> it is. Anyway. So Matthew West, if you're listening. Uh, Matthew West is not listening. Any, any, he's not listening. We hope you're not going through the uh, motions, Matthew West. Absolutely. So, yeah, this song, it's it's very simple. Um, the chorus is has the, the high repeated part, but I feel like they earned it with that pre-chorus. Um you know, you, you get the 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 seven eleven format where there's seven words you repeat eleven times. Mm -hmm. um, this isn't that. Like the the verses and the pre-chorus are very rich, and so I feel like they earn that repetition in the chorus. Well, and that uh, that pre-chorus really gives me that imagery back in Isaiah. In the, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the yes, Isaiah it, six. It, it really hits it, and then when it, I wonder if they did that on purpose because then because it also ends with, um, you know. Uh, with my lips will glorify you, and Isaiah talks about oh, yeah. he's a man of unclean lips, and they literally burn his lips and make him clean. Yeah. yeah, I mean that is also right out of Psalm sixty-three verses two and three. So, um, but that's a good point. I mean, what if that's listed as a cross reference? Huh. Isaiah sixty. Well, maybe somebody else is noted you know, it as a cross reference, you, but I, yeah, that's a really interesting parallel. I just, I just, I just, I just think of I, Isaiah when he sees uh, God in the temple, 
you know, it's not a, te- yeah. I mean, is the temple technically a sanctuary? I don't, I don't. Absolutely. I mean, I would think so, but it's never described as such. Yeah. Anyway, it's probably just a random parallel. I, I think. Coincidence. I think so. Can't be connected, can um, it? <laughs> no, the Bible doesn't. The Bible doesn't work that way. No. It's not it's living and active. Yeah, it doesn't piercing, <laughs> piercing through the joints and what the marrow. <laughs> and we they took that back. part out of this song. That's unfortunate. That's true. Unfortunate. They should have left yeah. it in. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything else in this song you guys want to cover for moving on? Yeah, I think I'm, I'm. I'm good over here. I think we got it. Yeah, All I right. like that one. All right. All right, so to, to round out this EP, we have uh, an original song, Because Jesus Christ is Alive. And we talked about this song briefly on uh, the episode where we kind of did our intro. Um, and I'm, you know, spoiler alert, I'm a huge fan. So let's get into it. Uh, we get tired. We can't win. We were dead in our sin. But there's a hope, a new life. The pressure's off because Jesus Christ is alive. I'm going to stop there for a second. I'm going to say one verse in, we already have the mention of Jesus. Mm-hmm. We already have the mention of sin, mm-hmm. both in scriptural context. So, well done. And the theology well done, is rich. Very- theology is, is, already, is already really rich. Yeah. We, um, we, got, we got some total depravity here. You know, it's some good stuff going on. I like where it's going. Like where it's going. Mm-hmm. So pre-chorus says, uh, so we can rejoice that we're grieved by various trials for a little while because a genuine faith under testing brings honor and glory to our great king. And the chorus, by God's great mercy, we have been born again because Jesus Christ is alive. Our living hope is our inheritance because Jesus Christ is alive. No grip of fear, no sting in death. By his mercy, we have been born again because Jesus Christ is alive. Verse 2 says, uh, We don't have to bear the load. We don't have to have control. We are free from guilt and shame because when he rose, he left death in its grave. goes back to that pre-chorus and chorus. Then the bridge says, uh, no grip of fear, no sting in death, because Jesus Christ is alive. We're free from guilt. We're free from shame, because Jesus Christ is alive. We're free to live for Jesus' fame, because Jesus Christ is alive. So some of that bridge is uh, is repeating parts of the chorus. It's, that, that, that's a pretty, pretty great song. I really like it. Mm. Very yeah, rich. This is one that my wife and I had... Yeah, this is one that my wife and I had on repeat uh, the week that that shepherd died. Uh, especially that line in the pre-chorus. So we can rejoice, though we're grieved by various trials for a little while, because a genuine faith under testing brings honor and glory to our great King. That is a truth that just really, really spoke uh, spoke to us during during that trial. Uh, I don't I don't wish that trial on anyone but if you're going through a similar trial this song was, was very very meaningful to us yep I, um, 
I especially love the line that he left death in its grave, you know, and that mm-hmm. while that's obviously coming directly from scripture, um, I, I love the, uh, it's not irony. It's uh well, I guess it would be considered irony for death to be in its own grave, but, um, yeah, I, I, I'm forgetting the, uh, literary term. Um, somewhat of an oxymoron but in the same sense it's a literal truth so uh but it makes me think of you know how important the resurrection is so you have the death Mm -hmm. you have the resurrection which as you pointed out of in a previous episode a while back that uh most modern songs don't bother to talk about the resurrection they just talk about the death and if you don't have the resurrection you've missed the point and uh Mm -hmm it's interesting because when I, there was an episode that we had that where we had a, a pastor, a Lutheran pastor on, and he was telling me to read a book called uh, uh, The Skeleton in God's Closet. And it was pretty interesting because it was written by a Lutheran minister and it comes with the idea of what if archaeologists found the body of Christ and the whole, the, the book, most of the book is basically the whole church just going crazy because all their hope is completely lost if what they found is true. So most of the book they're trying to figure out if it's actually really the body of Christ or if it's, or if someone's trying to play a cruel joke on them. So interesting, but it's, 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 it's definitely an interesting book. It's not faith shattering. It is faith challenging, but it's not faith shattering. And, uh, it's, uh, it, it, I thought I did a really good job explaining that, uh, you know, the thing that people take that Christians I think take for granted is the one thing that we one of the main things we can't take for granted and that is the resurrection of Christ you know yeah so yeah there's a um, I mean, there's a line like even in one of Paul's epistles where he says the resurrection didn't happen this is all pointless yeah it said that we, like, we, have, the, we have we are the most we have to be the most pitied out of all the races yes because if because of um, what we have given for what nothing if the resurrection isn't real yeah um, so yeah so Jesus and, I, and I've said this before I actually wrote it down in a clever poem before and, and I won't I won't repeat that because I would sound way too way too stodgy but um, <laughs> there's this I, there's this idea where I, I've heard it before the cross is enough and I mean Yes, like the like Jesus dying on the cross was was enough to save us from our sins, but um, the the truth be told, without the active obedience, the passive obedience would be worthless. Mm-hmm. And at the same and at the same time, without the resurrection, the death would be worthless. So the cross alone was not necessarily enough, uh, but the cross in the context of the act of obedience and then knowing that the resurrection happened as well, then yes, the, the death, Jesus death on the cross was, was enough to save me from my, uh, earned death. Um, but yeah, the, the resurrection was, was so important. It was basically God putting his stamp of approval on Jesus sacrifice saying, this is enough. Like this is my, this is me saying that was enough. Um, uh, but if well, he hadn't been raised from the dead, it wouldn't be. 
Right. Well, and if and if he didn't rise from the dead, then we can't be rise from the dead. We can't be raised from the dead when he right. when he returns. All the, all the next yeah. all the pr- next promises are worthless because he couldn't keep he couldn't right. raise himself. How can how can he how can we rise from the dead if he can't? You know, that's right. Yeah, and more than that, we're still in our sin. I mean, yeah. like the yeah. second line says, we were dead in our sin, and so if it's not for the resurrection, we are still dead in our sin. Well, it would be just the same as um, any other sacrifice that um, the priests had to do. You know, we had our sins covered for that moment after they killed the the lamb or the goat, whatever, you know, sacrifice you needed to do that day. And then you'd walk home and commit that sin. You'd have to walk right back. I mean, the, the sacrifice has never stopped because they never could stop in order to keep forgiving yeah. sins. So if the resurrection didn't happen, then that one death only worked one time, you know? Right. Solos, Hebrews album. Mm. And then do it again. Do it again. And then do, do it, it again. again. Do yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Not the blood of animals. That's right. That's a good one. I had yeah. actually been listening to them before. That was one group I had been nice. listening to before, before I listened to y'all. So I was like, oh, I love that song. I felt, I'm up with yeah. them. I felt like I was now with y'all for a minute. And then y'all went back to <laughs> nice. talk about stuff that I wasn't familiar with. Because we're so cool and yeah, way ahead of the so game cool. and all That's that. That's right. Y'all are just above me. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it reminds me of uh, when, when Martin Luther would keep going back to the confessional booth. And then his mm. priest said, just go and like kill someone so that you have something to confess. Right. So <laughs> He kept going up the uh, stairs on his knees, back and forth, back and forth. So now we're going to go on to a few songs. Uh, we're going to actually touch each of the last bands to so the last three episodes. We did an episode on citizens, then an episode on ghost ship and then an episode on modern post. So we're going to go back and we're going to hit one more song from each of those bands where Brian Eckelberger was one of the writers. Um, yes, he was some of the writers and some of the songs we've already done, but we wanted to do six episodes and our six songs on this episode. So, um, so we're going to do one more. Give so the people I, what they want. Give the people what they want. So I actually so. did <laughs> save my favorite songs from each of these albums to do in this episode. So uh, so, you, so there's that. That's a spoiler. So <clears throat> I mentioned before, Hail the King was one of the songs that was, that was sung at the, the church that I visited that one time, as well as It Is Finished. So we're going to do both of those songs here. Uh, now. Um, so Hail the King. This was a song that was on uh, the Citizens and Saints album titled Citizens. Uh, the song was written by Zach Bolin and Brian Eckelberger. Um, and here's the song. Verse 1 says, We have been justified by faith through Jesus Christ. It's only by his grace we stand. Once bound by sin and shame, now slaves to righteousness. Our faith perfected by his love. Uh, the chorus goes, praise the Savior, he is one. Our sin defeated through his blood. Now exalted, Jesus reigns. Hail the King, praise his name. Verse 2 says, uh, while we were weak, he died, making us reconciled to God for all eternal days. And even in our fading flesh, our only hope and rest is found in faith that Jesus saves. It goes back to that chorus and after it goes into like this kind of second chorus, 
uh, where it says, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. It says that three times, and then we rejoice in the glory of God. Uh, kind of goes into this bridge-ish verse three thing where it says, our hope of glory is found in the one who gives great joy to sing about the love that he poured out. Forever lifted high is our Savior, Jesus Christ, the gift of God given in love. It goes back to the to that chorus one and the chorus two. Um, I, I, I like the now slave to righteousness line. Mm-hmm. That is, that's often how I view um, and how I usually explain to um, people when I talk, when I, especially during my cage stage, when I was talking about, um, you know, how the doctrines of grace works, you know, and part of that is, you know, it's, you are a slave to one or the, or the other. The true freedom is being slave to God. It's not a, yeah. I'm free to do whatever I want. Being saved is not being free in terms of I'm free to do whatever I want. You know, that's a, that's a heresy. It's, yeah. I'm, f- I'm free from sin to, to follow God, to follow yeah. uh, what, he, what he wants, you know? Absolutely. So, um, I, I, I like that imagery. I'm glad that they included that. I don't quite follow the, I, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Um, it's Romans 5, isn't it? In the hope of the glory of God or just the glory Is of it? God? Uh, I think of Romans 5 where it says, um, I'm turning to this from memory, at 1045. I have it up. Yeah. Uh, oh, it does. Verse 2. By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. That makes more sense now. It's, it's, it's a weird way of saying it, though, especially when yeah. it goes to we rejoice in the glory of God. Yeah, in that, in that thing, and I've mentioned this before in previous episodes, the when they on their fourth line when they change it in that sort of way it kind of adds this imbalance um that will either kind of add a finality or will kind of make things feel um strange so adding an imbalance to a line like that will either like solidify the finality or it will um, make it move on into the next section in kind of a, a weird sort of way, and so in this way, it's it's the the finality. It's when they when they change the word at the end, it puts an emphasis on the glory of God, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and kind of adds that finality. So that's that's a songwriter trick. Um, gotcha. But yeah, that particular line in in scripture, you know, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and that hope does not put us to shame, for God's love has been poured out through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. That's that's the the line in in Hebrews five. Um, it's one of my that was one of the passages I was forced to memorize when I was in tenth grade, and it uh, stuck with me for the rest of my life. So I appreciate having been forced to memorize that. In, there in you school. go. It was almost um, predestined. It was almost like it was predestined. Um, <laughs> so this song is very very much taken out of Romans, like various parts of of Romans. That, that slaves to righteousness. Um, and uh, if, if you have listened to any episode of this show before, you will probably know that I am not a big fan of the song No Longer Slaves by Bethel Music. But uh, 
part of it is because it says, yeah, I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. Whereas this, you know, says, you know, once bound to, by sin and shame, I'm now a slave to righteousness. Uh, our faith perfected by his love. You know, that is the truth. Like, this is like, this is the, that's the truth that, that no longer slaves is only pretending to try to care about. Um, so, yeah, this is, it's very much uh, pulling from Romans, all throughout Romans, uh, very rich in, in the doctrine and in the language of, of, of Scripture in the song. Also, like the other song that we talked about, um, just up above there, uh, because Jesus Christ is alive, um, it draws a strong connection between our sin, mm-hmm. um, the state that of sin and misery that we are in, and mm-hmm. then um, Jesus' uh, death and resurrection um, being defeating that sin, overcoming yeah. that sin, absolutely, and giving us righteousness that we're. Now slaves to righteousness. Yeah. Did Did either of you have a chance to listen to the song before this this episode? I did not. I have heard it before, but it's been a it's been a minute. So this song is it's it's weird, um, like structure wise. This song is really really weird. Uh, it's actually incredibly difficult to do in a congregational setting, though I've played it in a congregational setting. I've led it in a congregational setting. I think once the church is familiar with it, they can they can pick up on it. But it's got this. It's like verse one, and then that chorus one. It's almost like a pre-chorus, but doesn't go to the chorus the first time. Um, and then verse two is the same structure as verse one, and it goes to that you know chorus one, and then the chorus two, which is very chant-like. And that bridge, it almost functions like a chorus three, um, but it's got a, an incredibly different chord structure and tune. So it's almost like verse three uh, in, in function. It doesn't connect any passages. It doesn't bridge one section to another. It functions like verse three, but it's a different tune, different chord progression, goes back into that chorus one and then into the chorus two. Um, so yeah, it's, it all, a, it's really also funky. seems longer. Like it is. It's a longer the song. the well no 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 the bridge uh, oh, the, the bridge, lines yeah. are longer. The lines are longer. Um, yeah. It's a lot shorter, a lot more halted in uh, verses one and two, and then it kind of expands into that bridge. Our hope of glory is found in the one who gives. Um. Anyway, I thought yeah that was pretty interesting too. Maybe there's a cool songwritery thing that you can talk about there. Yeah, it's 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 a non-traditional structured song for sure. Um, it's it's interesting. It's not like it's not the weirdest song. It's not like Stairway to Heaven or anything like that. Um, it's just it feels like when it goes into that bridge, it feels like it's another verse, but that they just decided to completely change the uh, the line structure and tune. And it went with something else. Uh, so it was. And then, uh, and that weird, like that chorus one functions like a pre-chorus, except for they don't go into the chorus the first time. So like the way that a pre-chorus typically functions is that sometimes they'll do the pre-chorus before the chorus, but they don't have to. So like you can re you can repeat the chorus without having to repeat the pre-chorus. 
Um, but this is like a pre-chorus that doesn't go anywhere the first time. And the second time it goes into the chorus. So it's, it's weird. It's just, it's a weird structure. And I just use the word weird in, in that it's abnormal. Um, I like it. It's, it's a fun song, but it is very difficult to do in a congregational setting. Just because it's hard to follow or what? Hard to follow, hard to follow, non-traditional. Most people are used to, I mean, you know, you look at like traditional songs or just like a hymn. That's the same mm-hmm. thing four times in a row. And mm-hmm. then most praise songs follow that verse one. It might be like a verse one, verse two, chorus, verse three, chorus mm-hmm. structure. It's usually really, really simplified. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a bridge, it'll be like after a chorus. And the bridge is usually really different dynamically, whereas this mm-hmm. is not different dynamically from the verses. It's the same dynamically from the verses, mm-hmm. uh, which is what I mean when I say it functions like a verse three. Yeah. No, it makes sense. Um, I, I mean, the whole thing is almost like at the same energy level the whole way through, the same yeah. dynamic level the whole way through. It's just all kind of one piece. Yeah. And that, that chorus, too, almost functions like a, like a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's just weird. It, it, it kind of throws you off. And I'd say for a, like a successful praise and worship song, you need to like hold the hand of the congregation almost. They, they need to be able to, to anticipate what's coming next so that they can sing along, um, especially if you're trying to teach it to them. Uh, however, I've mentioned before that I really value that idea of surprise and contrast in music. And this absolutely has that. Like this is not, you don't anticipate what's coming next. And so once you can learn it, once you know it, it's really fun to do in a congregation, but almost every time we did it, like people struggled. Yeah. I, that, that typically, uh, that was one of the things. Cause we, we used to do Psalms in our, um, the ARP Psalter, which mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of the Trinity Psalter, but, um, uh, they, uh, our pastor decided to kind of stop doing that. And he said, well, I mean, the reason being because it's, I wanted the congregation to participate in worship and they're just having such a hard time getting these songs that will just, he said, he'll he'll introduce one every so often, but he was just like, you know, I want them to be able to participate. And I don't want to have to, because we used to do like at least one Psalm every Sunday. And he's like, I don't want to have just one song every Sunday where the congregation was having trouble singing, you know? So there's, that's Absolutely. definitely something you got to work out for. But I also like the fact that once you do get to learn a complicated song, like back when I was at my old church, we they would do that kind of thing all the time, and we would sing on the Trinity Psalter and go into several different parts. And when we got it down, it sounded beautiful, you know. But yeah, at the same time, it's the learning curve. So yeah, and and for the record, my kids love this song, like. My, my kids were always really excited when this song was being played in church because they, they learned it pretty quickly and they liked singing it. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a difficult, it's a more difficult song for sure. All right, you guys have anything more on this song before we go into the next one? I think I'm good. Yeah. All right. Great song. And, uh, it's uh, a great does song a nice to sing job. about. Yeah. Yeah, these, I'm sorry, these songs I'm having trouble bashing, so you gotta find yeah. them. Oh, yeah, yeah, these... These songs are really difficult to bash. Like that's one thing about the Marshall music, and this is one of the reasons, again, why we chose to do this. 
because we really wanted to emphasize they don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Was Mark Driscoll like a crazy right. nut guy? Probably. I mean, it's it really seems like it, but this there had to have been something really good going on at this church because these songs are solid. And we know from looking at Bethel and, and Hillsong that when churches are less than yeah, solid, boy. the music is less than solid. And these songs are solid. So something had to have been going on good at this church, yeah. despite that, despite well, Mark Driscoll. Well, and that's what makes the whole thing sad to me. Because, you know, yeah. y'all were showing me these songs, and I was like, man, these are really good biblical songs. Mm-hmm. And then doing my own digging to find out what was the controversy at Mars Hill. Yeah. Was, it was kind of depressing that, you know, the actual theological biblical one is in shambles, while the, uh, the ones, you know, preaching heretical positions are still doing just chugging along like nothing's going on and and i i am uh it's somewhat depressing you know i'm not i'm not it 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 is it's a little bit yeah i'm not quick to say this i'm very careful to say this but perhaps you know a loving father disciplines his child yeah and maybe only one of those churches was the actual child of of god and it got the discipline, um, whereas the it's other a, ones get scot free because they're not actually the children of God. Yeah, it's it's a positive way of looking at it, but you know we just don't know really. Well, we don't know. Um, so this next song, if if that if that song that we just went over was a complicated and difficult song to do congregationally, then who oh boy, this song. Um, yeah, this, this one is very not difficult a congregational scene. This is not a congregational song. Uh, this, is, this I'd say, would be very clearly into the, the type two type music. Um, Where Were You uh, by Go Ship, written by uh, Cam Huxford IV and Brian Eckelberger. Um, uh, I'm just I'm going to give a little preface before getting into it. This song is straight out of Job. Uh, straight out of Job. Uh, the structure of the song is very strange. Uh, it, it even like in the on the chord chart, I, I copied and pasted from the chord chart, and it has part one, and then it has part two, verse one, verse two, verse three, verse four, and then outro. That is how the chord chart listed this. So, uh, so part one it says, "I said, God, I do not understand this world. Everything is dying and broken." Why do I see nothing but suffering? God, I'm asking, could this be your plan? Sin has taken hold of this world, of this whole land. Will you not say anything else to me? And then part two, uh, verse one of part two. He said, where were you the day that I measured, sunk the base and stretched the line over all the earth and carved out its cornerstone? Where were you the day that I spoke and told the sun to split the night open, called the morning dawn with its light to show? Uh, Verse 2. Who shut in the ocean with stone doors, marked the reach of tides on those new shores, on the day the waves rose and first broke forth? Have you seen the springs of that great sea, walked the caverns carved in the black deep, through the gates of darkness there on its floor. Verse three, have you seen the armory I hold? Snow and hail are stacked up in silos. 
for the times of trouble and war and strife? Can you raise your voice to the storm cloud? Would the thunder answer and ring out? Does the lightning ask you where it should strike? Verse 4. Who has cleft a channel for torrents, rain to sprout the desert and forests, in the wilderness that my hand has filled? Can you hunt the prey for young lions? Can you loose the cords of Orion? Is this whole world bending beneath your will? In the outro it says, I spoke of things I do not understand, things too wonderful for me. Although I had no right to ask, my God knelt and answered me. Yeah, right out of the end of Job, really, uh, yeah. where Job, um, well, well, where God really challenges Job. Hey, all right, you wanna you wanna talk? Let uh, you know, fine, but. Let me ask you a question, Job. Where were you? And uh, anyway, uh, which is kind of neat because they, they do break it into those two parts, right? The I yeah. said and he said parts, uh, which is a, well, it's just part of the structure of Job too, mm-hmm. um, where there's... Yeah, because uh, each section of God questioning Job, Job does, it's, it states Job did not answer. Mm-hmm. Or Job said, yeah. I cannot answer. Yeah, you know. So, yeah, I, uh, I love Job. It's a hard book, but it's a good book. It is, it is a hard book for sure. Um, one thing I really, really, really like about this song. So the title is "Where Were You." So if you don't know anything about the song, if you're listening to it for the first time, all you know about the song is it's called "Where Were You," and then you listen to it, it says, "I said, God, I, I do not understand this." this this world everything is dying and broken why do i see nothing but suffering so you're thinking he's asking god where were you like some stuff went down and you weren't there like god where were you like that's what you're thinking in your mind and so he just he totally like pulls the carpet out from under you when he gets to that part two and then it's god says where were you the day that i measured sunk the base and stretched the line over all the earth and carved out his cornerstone it's like who boy, I know where this is going. <laughs> and it's right. just, it's just like pound and pound. And I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm going, I'm keeping going. I'm still going. And it's like, man, oh my gosh. Sometimes we just have to hear that. Sometimes mm-hmm. we just have to be humiliated and we just have to remember that God is God. and I am not, um, I did like how in that verse four, that second to last line, he refers back to the, um, on the same album, there's a song called Orion and you just remember all that as well. Cause it's very, very similar structure. Um, well, and it's also directly out of Job where he talks about Orion's belt. Oh, does he? So that's, yeah. Yeah. In, in Job, God asks him, did you, uh, did you, uh, fashion the stars to create Orion and his belt yeah, nice. or, something to that effect but yeah god directly asks job about orion itself yeah but yeah it's a yeah that that that's that's a pretty good one it's, I, I like what you were bringing up too when it says when you were talking about like you think those that wouldn't know would think of it going one way we're questioning god mm. and i mean and that's pretty much what the unbeliever does um they yeah. either ignore god or they question god on everything you know especially the atheists. oh yeah 
they'll question, well, where was God in this? Why is there evil? If God is real, then why does God allow these things to happen? And, I mean, we have the answer. They just don't like the answer, which is, you oh, know, yeah. what? I mean, he's God. You're not. <coughs> what? <laughs> where? Why weren't you around for these things, you know? Right. And if you weren't, then how dare you ask those questions, you know? I mean, yeah. we ask those questions, too. I mean, I've asked those questions, but... Um, I like the like you pointed out that it it's almost like it's an answer for people that ask those questions to uh, to fellow to other Christians or to um, you know to God Himself in their anger. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I've, I've uh I've a couple thoughts just to, to piggyback off that. Uh, I just I was thinking in uh in Luke um, that we have yeah. both Zachariah and Mary are visited by angels. And, and they're told great and wonderful things. And both of them respond with like, how could this be? And, you know, Zachariah is met with, okay, well, you don't believe me. Well, you're going to be dumb until, you know, the time comes. And then Mary, there, she's say like, she's given like this very positive uh, answer to, to her question, even though it was literally the exact same words so we're supposed to assume that the heart behind it was, was different. Like Zachariah was speaking out in unbelief, whereas Mary was speaking out in belief. Um, well, and Mary's answer says it all when she responds with uh, whatever uh, whatever you say, let it be. Essentially, yeah. that's not their direct quotation, but it's, it's to the same effect. Um, yeah. And, and, uh, and so it's, it's, it's very different how, you know, when, when non-believers ask the question and a believer asks the question, they're coming from a different perspective Mm -hmm. and we believers, you know, we, you know, we, we don't grieve like those who have no hope. We, we may ask the same questions, but we are coming from such a completely different perspective that, um, that the question means something completely different. You know, we may ask where God was. Like uh, again, I think of Mary and Martha. They both asked Jesus the same question. You know, if you, or if you had just been here, mm-hmm. you know, right? He he wouldn't have died. But but mm-hmm. one says it in more of a practical way, and, and and one says it in just like this deeply hurt, offended way. Like one of them just spoke the truth. If you were here, you would have been saved. But the other is like almost like, a, how dare you? Because I believe so much, in that that if you were here, he would have been he would have been saved. Um, and uh, my my other thought is um, we we had, we'd mentioned before the the Porter Gate album Lament Songs has a song on it called uh, like Jesus Where Were You or something like that or Wake Up is Wake Up Jesus. Mm, and the yeah, attitude the attitude of that song is just so blasphemous. It's like this like chip on your shoulder. How dare you Jesus uh, perspective. And it's just so hard to listen to. Mm. Um, whereas like, you know, the disciples in the boat were begging Jesus to wake up because he was literally asleep, but they weren't saying it like this. How dare you be asleep? Jesus. It was like this, you know, I can't do this on my own. Jesus. I need you. So please wake up so I don't die. Um, very different perspective. Uh, and it almost uh, goes back to uh, Psalm 42. Because I yeah. was going to figure a way to bring this to the <laughs> conversation. 
Nicely but, uh, done. But uh, yeah, when he achievement uh, unlocked. The, the 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 great the great line where uh, he says, um, "And if that were not enough, they know the words they used to cut and tear and prod when they ask me where is your God." Yeah. You know. Um. And to a believer, that's a. I mean, to to act like that doesn't bother us. You know, there are times that, of course, it bothers us. You know, and we we ask those questions, and then whether it be polite, or or as a as a father loving his child, or as a father scolding his child, which that doesn't mean they have to be different, but um, yeah, you know, in terms of tone, God answers those questions. You know, mm-hmm. and pretty much any time I ever have those questions, I just you know have this feeling like, well, go read Joe, and you'll get your answers. Yeah. <laughs> but I already know the answers to those questions. You know, yeah. And um, just kind of taking this on a on a, a train off to the left for a second. You you get people like Joel Osteen, who preach this gospel of, you know, just believe in God and and you'll get whatever you want. I mean, when I'm sitting in the hospital room holding my daughter and as we take her off of life support and she's, and she's dying, I'm not going to turn to Joel Osteen to ask him, you know, what's going on here. Mm -hmm. Um, in in a similar situation, I, 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 none of my, I don't have, I, I don't have a kid with special needs because mine with special needs passed, but I know that you have a child with, with autism and we, we don't ask for that. You know, we don't ask for that, but that's what we're given. And, uh, and you know, we find the joy in our suffering because God allows us to. But it's not easy. And, you know, and, and we don't have the answers. Not, not, the, not the, the nice, fuzzy, you know, just believe in God and he'll give you all the answers answers. We, we have the hard answers. Yeah. That are um, that are eternally. This is fine. Eternally, I can deal with this. But today is hard. Yeah, today I can't see eternity. The final song is "It Is Finished." Uh, Dustin Kensrue and Brian Eckelberger from uh, the Modern Post. Uh, this again is a song that we did at my old church. It is also really difficult to jump into the the bridge of this song is is actually really really difficult Uh, we we do this one all the time in our church did you sing it when you were over at our place uh uh, no we did my one comfort i believe oh that's right okay yeah i could have you know i can pretty much guarantee that we'll do a modern post song or just a mars hill song in general uh every week but uh this is one that we do actually quite often yeah it's it's a fun song, but yeah, the bridge is really it's really tricky to get in and out of. You got to learn it. Um, so it starts verse one says, "There's no deed that can redeem us. There's no right nor magic word. Only by the work of Jesus can salvation be secured." Chorus: It is finished. He has done it. Let your weary heart rejoice. Our redemption is accomplished. Raise a shout with ragged voice and go bravely into battle, knowing He has won the war. It is finished. Lift your head and weep no more. Verse 2 says, There's no sacrifice to offer. There's no penance to complete. Freely drink of living water without money. Come and feast. And it goes back into the chorus. 
It is finished. He has done it. Let your weary heart rejoice. Our redemption is accomplished. Raise a shout with ragged voice and go bravely into battle, knowing he has won the war. Uh, It is finished. Lift your head and let every sinner rejoice. Hear the dying victors cry. Raise up your voice. Sing it out through earth and sky. And then it goes back into that first chorus. So it like it skips the last line or the last kind of little bit of the chorus and then goes straight uh, into the bridge and then repeats the chorus at the end. And everyone wants to sing the last line of the chorus and they realize they're singing the wrong words. And then they figure it out halfway through the bridge and then they get back on. <laughs> so, um, it's, so I don't even have it written that way. So you guys are reading along with me and I read it from, uh, from memory. And so, yeah. So as far as gospel message and everything, yeah. so, this is a fun song, really, really rich song. Uh, but it, it's, it's tricky congregationally. We always do it at the end of the service. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know. I don't know if that has a, makes a difference or not, but uh, yeah, this is definitely one of those that it's like, you know, go out into the world now kind of thing. Yeah. Um, well, you know, and go bravely into battle, perhaps. Almost mm-hmm. about. Uh, yeah, with almost, a uh, uh, ragged voice. Something yeah. like a benediction. It, it is, is really benedictory. I, I feel like the song is intentionally um, picking fights with the with the Catholics. Like, that's, like, we want to write a song that's incredibly Protestant. Well, what's wrong with that? I have no problem. Nothing's wrong with that. <laughs> I have no problems with that. I love um, picking but fights it's, with Catholics. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it feels like, especially in that first verse, um, you know, there's no right nor magic word, only by the work of Jesus can salvation be secured. I mean, I think Luther would have been really happy with this song. Yep. I think you might be right on that. Although Luther did want to have reconciliation with the Catholic Church, but he did. They did not. Yeah. No, they wanted. The him feeling to, was not mutual. They wanted no, it him was to. Not. They wanted him to die. Recant, and they wanted him to die. And he said no. And that, yep, they, they wanted him to die after that. Yes. So they sent him to the Diet of Worms. Yeah, which is probably historically work, probably one of the most inaccurately written things. Um, so, if you look at it on paper, it's very different than what it is in reality. Mm. He did not eat worms. Yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah, you. I was about to say like, no, I'm pretty what sure are you talking he, about? I'm, I'm pretty sure he said those things. There's like, oh, <laughs> no, no. Died of worms. yeah. So, yeah, the the diet the diet of oh, worms no. looks very different than eating. The eating worms. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I think of diet of worms, I think actually we did this one time for Reformation Day. We, uh, as a church, we had a um, dirt and worm eating contest where we got Oreos yeah. and like gummy worms and put them all together and they had to eat them without their hands and they called it the diet of worms contest. <laughs> yeah. Inaccurate. That's hilarious. Fun. Looks like a, also, it sounds like a really good youth group activity. We also had like Probably. other games that were Reformation themed, like uh, pin the thesis on the door. Nice, <laughs> nice. Could you use so, a hammer? 
Yes. No, I don't think he did. I think he ended up just like sticking it on there. But that's, that's uh, we did cool. have a sign on the front that had of Luther saying "Nailed it" as he's nailing the ninety-five Nailed it. pieces. Yeah. Nice. I take that's it you did not celebrate Halloween at this church. No, we did not. We celebrate Reformation Day. Yes. So actually, I think we celebrated our first Halloween the other this year or this last year, and that mm-hmm. was more of just my kids going to get candy than anything else. And it, yeah, that's well, what we ended, is. What we ended up actually doing was we were planning on going to the park uh, because the uh, Autism Society was going to be there and we wanted to bring our son there, but we ended up not being able to go. So instead we went over to her great-grandmother's house and they had candy prepared for him. So he didn't go out in the neighborhood. He just hung out with his great-great-grandmother eating candy. So he was pretty much happy with that. So... I guess it's not really Halloween, nice. but it's not Reformation Day either. Um, so it is finished is a song that we just read the lyrics to. Um, you may not have known that after our discussion. But <laughs> <to> our discussion. <laughs> so uh, I, I, I really like how it takes a stand to be notably, um, to be, uh, notably Protestant, uh, specifically targeting those, those ideas of um, you know, only Jesus can save us. There's not, you know, there's not a special sentence that you can say. There, there's not a special deed you can do. And then, then indulgence. Second, and there's no indulgence. Uh, you know, there's no sacrifice offered. There's no penance to complete. And then freely drink of living water without money come and feast. And those are lines straight from Scripture. Um, and then the actual narrative of the chorus. You know, it is finished being. Jesus' last words on the cross. You know, it is finished. He has done it. Let your weary heart rejoice. Our redemption is accomplished. You know, and then you as a Christian raise a shout with ragged voice and go bravely into battle knowing that Christ has won the war. It is finished. Uh, lift your head. Let every sinner rejoice. Hear the dying victors cry. You know, just Jesus saying his last final words. It is finished. You know, hear the dying victors cry. Raise up your voice. Sing it out through earth and sky. Uh, just you know, uniting with Christ while He is is winning our victory for us that we can never accomplish, and and just finding our identity in that and joining along with that, knowing that we don't have to go through the rigmarole of of uh, especially Catholicism. Uh, I, I find I find this song to be very encouraging. Again, I would put this into that type two camp. This is a song written from man to man as an encouragement. Um, not as much a worship song, but maybe the one and a half, you know, if we want to get into that technicality. But I've heard it sung many times in church as a benediction type song, but if, right. you, want to get into, if you really want to get into the nit and gritty of, is this a worship song? Yeah, it really isn't. It's an encouragement song. Mm, so Yeah, right. The reason I brought up the indulgence line was because I was looking at the without money come and feast. Yeah. I mean, you're talking Mm. about your uh, very Protestant song. I mean, the whole idea of indulgences for those (coughs) listeners, which I imagine would be Zill, uh, that aren't familiar with this. um, The indulgences were the practice of buying money to pay for years of, um, of purgatory. Or to get your loved ones out of hell, that you could buy, you could pay money yep. to the church in order to essentially either get your yourself or others that you know 
to a desired station depending on how much money you offered which was completely yeah when the coin in the coffer rings the and soul out of purgatory string springs yeah very wolfish so yeah so the uh so the Sistine Chapel, which we consider to be like one of the most beautiful places on the entire planet, just filled with art, was paid for by the church exploiting the poorest of the poor by telling them that they could get their loved ones out of purgatory if they would only pay money to the church so that the Pope and the cardinals could feast and have debauchery every day and still have their art. And uh, Martin Luther was not a fan. Not a fan. In fact, I would say he uh, he nailed it. <laughs> not only did he na- nail it, um, he had ninety five reasons why yeah. he was not a fan. And Hillsong yeah. wasn't one of them. Hillsong was not one of them, but it would have been if Hillsong existed. He had ninety five reasons, but the Pope ain't one. But the Pope, ain't one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I- I've been reading a book called The Reformation by T.M. Lindsay lately. Great book. And I guess what I hadn't realized is how central the sale of indulgences was to Luther's opposition to the church, Mm -hmm. but also what got him in so much trouble was... Well, that's what they really hated was that he was... Oh, yeah. He was cutting off money. Well, and he made them look like charlatans, which they mm-hmm. were. But, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, you can't bring that kind of accusation to the church. Right. And the guy that they had doing that was in rather high standing at the church at the time. <coughs> not at, not yeah. after that, though. They kind of got rid of him after they couldn't really fix that. The, the question was, did it rhyme as well in either German or Latin or whatever language he was saying it in? Because he wasn't saying it in English. I don't know. I, don't know I would imagine he'd have to say it in German. Yeah. Otherwise, he, he he wrote it in German because he wrote it for the um, the people yeah. to read on the door. Because that's what no, no, no. Were, I mean, I mean the the, the coin. Well, well. Uh, oh, the, oh, the, the oh. Charlatan. You're not, talking, you're not talking about Luther. You're talking. You're talking about, about Tetzel. Tetzel. I'm talking about Tetzel. Tetzel. Yeah. You know the Tetzel's coin in the coffer rings. And the coin uh, in the coffer yeah. rings. The soul from Clinks. Purgatory Springs. Springs but yeah, uh, but Luther. Luther did actually write it in Latin because he intended for the church officials to read it, not necessarily for... Oh, the 95 Theses. Uh, yeah. Yes. The 95 Theses, they were in Latin. But that's neither here nor there. Yep. As they say. Uh, or yeah. anywhere. <laughs> or one could anywhere. say it is finished. I mean... One could. One could. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I think that we hit as many rabbit trails as we could this episode. I think that was... You're, yeah. You're, you're welcome. I told you. We have like was... three hours of recorded content now. Yes. Yeah, go check out Not The Bee if you aren't on there. If you uh, want to find us on Slack, you have to email us to get an invitation. There is at volumcast.com. If you just feel like complaining about how long this episode is, you can also email us at there is at volumcast.com. If you want to find out more of uh, F and H or faithful, not helpful, you can find him on not the B or uh, you can email him, but I won't give you his email address. You'll have to find that on your own. Appreciate that. It's my pleasure. Because more than likely it's going to be my fault that the uh, podcast ran so long. So <laughs> oh, it's fine. You're welcome. Our, 
Our third episode was three hours long, and we split it in half and release it in two. I seconds. remember that. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, that when we thought we could record episodes in fifteen minutes, that was. Yeah, it's always a yeah. learning curve. Those first few episodes, when you find out <laughs> oh, um, yeah. how long they actually get, we we had to dig down and decide on a, a certain time frame, and like we have to end it here. So, yeah, and then we 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 have a live list that we constantly update as we're going through. So, yeah, yep, yep, yep. So, I'm just gonna go ahead and and end this one because it is less than thirty minutes until the Lord's Day. So. Uh, Come, Lord Jesus, come quickly. There is a bomb in the eye to make the wounded whole. There is a bomb in the eye to heal the sin-sick soul. Never feel discouraged. listening to the Balming Gilead podcast. We love hearing from you, so email us at thereis at balmcast.com. We are a part of the Tech Reformation family of podcasts, and you can discuss our show and much more at slack.techreformation.com. We'll see you there. If you enjoyed the Balming Gilead podcast, please encourage others to listen. We value your feedback So rate, review, and recommend the show in your podcast app of choice. And with that, we'll see you next time on the Balm in Gilead podcast. One of them is on Psalms 1 through 5, and one is on um, the, um, the, I almost said imprecatory, that was the wrong word. Um, What is the word I'm thinking of? Just say imprecatory and we'll move on. (laughs) We all know what you mean. Imprecatory, move on. (laughs) Yes. Um, That uh, way we'll we'll, we'll take it out of context later on. Yeah, that's fine. What what word am I thinking of, though? It's the the ones that say I'm sorry for sinning against you, God. What's that word? Well, uh, the the penitent lament or penitentiary. 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 Yeah, the, the, you know, like where you go when you've been very yes, bad. Yes, those. Yes. We, the pen, the so, place where you go and then you start telling God sorry. <laughs> yes. That one. So. <laughs> woo. Um, wow. So. So. Boop. Um, we, do that, <laughs> we do that sometimes to say to Justin, I messed Justin, up here. Justin, fix um, this, please. <laughs> <laughs>